Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of our correspondents from around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, Chinese President Xi Jinping is in South Africa for the BRICS summit and a state visit to the country. Japan has announced plans to release nuclear wastewater into the ocean from Thursday, and U.S. President Joe Biden had surveyed the devastation on Maui after wildfires swept across the Hawaiian island. Starting in Africa, Chinese President Xi Jinping is in South Africa to attend the BRICS summit in Johannesburg and pay a state visit to the country. The Chinese president has published a signed article in South African media calling for efforts to deepen friendship and cooperation between the two countries. Editors and journalists spoke highly of President Xi's signed article. Zhao Wingfei reports. Chinese President Xi Jinping's signed article is printed on the front page of a newspaper in Johannesburg. The title: "Sailing the Giant Ship of China-South Africa Friendship." In the article, President Xi expresses anticipation for his visit to South Africa, referring to it as a promising land. He celebrated the brotherly sentiments between China and South Africa, saying the two countries have provided each other with strong support on matters of core interest and major concerns. The Star editor Sifiso Mashlangu says this message from the Chinese president extends friendship. Well, it's a letter to South Africa,、um, a writing a letter on collaboration. It's a letter <clears throat> concerning、uh, the People's Republic of China's relationship with the Republic of South Africa. The journalists in Johannesburg covering the BRICS summit say China is playing an important role in the development of Africa. African countries are going to seize this opportunity to、uh, grow their economies. We know、um, China has been expanding equally across the African continent. It's inevitable. It's something that we are all seeing. We want to see BRICS helping developing countries, especially in Africa, because Africa has the largest number of developing countries. So we want to see BRICS coming in strong to help Africa develop. In Johannesburg and Sandton. Chinese flags can be seen hanging along the streets, a gesture of South Africa extending a warm welcome to the Chinese leader. As President Xi wrote in his article, this symbolizes the continuation of a long-standing friendship between China and Africa. That was Zhao Wingfei in Johannesburg. This year's gathering is the first in-person BRICS summit for more than three years. Many issues are expected to dominate the agenda, including the group's expansion, the de-dollarization of trade, and the move towards a multipolar world. Julie Shire has more. It's been months of preparations, engagements, and talks. Now the summit is finally here. South African President Cyril Ramaphosa will be hosting around 30 world leaders at the 15th gathering of BRICS heads of state in Johannesburg. We've invited quite a number of countries. Quite a number of African、um, countries will be represented at the highest levels.、Um, also from, you know, the rest of the world.、Uh, there are some guests that are coming from Asia,、um, Southeast Asia, and a few other regions. The world will be watching closely as leaders of the emerging market group debate issues of global security, trade, and international cooperation. Decisions are expected to be taken on decoupling global trade from the dollar and expansion as countries queue to join the bloc. BRICS is a good initiative that Africa finds to be a very uh, friendly uh, business environment that creates an opportunity. We have to make sure that we all speak decisively around how we grow 
the global economy, that we all speak decisively around how that growth is inclusive of all the marginalized people and the poorest of the poor that are always um, left behind in these sorts of conversations and then the processes that we put in place. This year's gathering is being billed as the most significant BRICS summit since the inclusion of South Africa 13 years ago. It could reshape the BRICS grouping and change the course of history as countries seek an alternative to the global north. That was Julie Shire reporting. In Asia, Japan has decided to start releasing contaminated water from the crippled Fukushima nuclear power plant into the Pacific Ocean on Thursday. The move comes despite strong objections from home and abroad. The owner of a fast food joint in Fukushima says she feels hopeless about the revival of her hometown amid the country's decision to pour nuclear-contaminated water into the sea. 51-year-old Atsuko Yamamoto has yearned to bring back the old eatery to the area since her family fled the town due to the earthquake as his tasty burgers were popular among the local young people. But now she feels it much more difficult than she expected to carry out her ambition. It's quite difficult to convince former Fataba residents to come back here. Before last year, none of us could have lived here. We have a long way to go before revival. We lack a lot of infrastructure such as shops, making it difficult for us to even have a normal life. So I think that revival here is going to be really tough. Authorities in Futaba started to allow residents to return in August last year. Meanwhile, activists including former Fukushima University President Kono Toshio have been blasting the government of Prime Minister Fumio Kishida over the water release. Prime Minister Kishida, who claims to be a good listener, arrived at Fukushima. Unfortunately, he didn't listen to the fishermen's voices. He just listened to the opinion of Tokyo Electric Power Company. In that sense, we should speak out even more loudly against the sea discharge. Local fishing groups fear reputational damage and a threat to their livelihood. Neighboring countries including China and South Korea have also questioned the safety of the plan. Turning to North America, U.S. President Joe Biden has visited Maui surveying the devastation after wildfires swept across the island in Hawaii. At least 114 people have died, but very few have been identified. Local authorities are continuing to search for over a thousand people still unaccounted for. Dan Williams has more. U.S. President Joe Biden and the First Lady, they came here and they surveyed Bagambai, riding around in Marine One, doing a couple of laps around the burnt zone. Kind of gives a, perhaps a sense of scale of this devastation. Uh, He described the impact here as overwhelming. So far, we know that 114 people have died. That, though, number hasn't been uh, updated uh, for a couple of days. And, of course, we know that there are some 850, uh, even the government, Josh Green saying that uh, more than a thousand people are still unaccounted for. Now all of that is taking place of course, that search that is continuing is about 85% done. Uh, The last 15% we're told could take a couple of weeks. It includes searching some of the larger buildings. But that search, as that takes place, there's also more than a thousand government uh, agency personnel also on the ground helping in terms of uh, clearing away structures, uh, making this area safe, restoring electricity, restoring water uh, and the like. That work will, of course, continue. The rebuilding work, well, that will take some time. That was Dan Williams in Maui. 
Meanwhile, the U.S. Federal Emergency Management Agency says 8,000 families in Maui have applied for assistance after the wildfires. A FEMA official says they have provided over 8.5 million U.S. dollars to residents on the Hawaiian island. In Europe, damage to infrastructure at Ukrainian ports has reduced the amount of grain that can be exported. Ukraine has just harvested a large quantity of barley, wheat, and corn, but there are problems with transporting food out after Russia withdrew from the Black Sea grain deal. Iluab Dafit reports from Odessa. After the collapse of the Black Sea grain initiative last month, there's uncertainty and concern. Ships heading to African and Asian ports travel through the Bosphorus Strait in Istanbul, across the Black Sea. Delays mean vessels wait to be inspected and checked. Now, ships heading to Ukraine aren't protected, even in international waters. We realize it from the very beginning because when uh, this Green Initiative was signed on 22nd of uh, July last year, on 23rd we have the uh, shoot and uh, the heat of rockets in the Odessa port. In the next day, they show that they not respect international agreements. Uh, nothing. Ukraine is a global grain grower, and its Ministry of Agriculture says this year's harvest is larger than in 2020. But with ports bombed and grain silos destroyed, tens of thousands of tons of grains aren't reaching their intended markets. Especially as officials complain Russia is interfering with Black Sea shipments. That doesn't stop companies trying to increase business where they can, and remaining optimistic about exporting food and other goods. I hope our、uh, security service of Ukraine, our navy, will have some、uh, gifts for them for the infrastructure if they will continue to destroy our ports because they have the same ports in Black Sea. Ukraine usually exports 60 million tons of grain annually. This year, the drop in exports hits traders, but also the farmers' incomes. The port of Mykolaiv was bombed last year and is now waiting to reopen some time. If a new grain agreement is reached, then barges and ships will once more transport grain down through the Black Sea. Before the conflict, 95% of Ukraine's exports were shipped out of its 18 seaports. Trade has been limited to just three ports during the grain agreement. Now even that has become precarious, which is why roads and railways are being used. Those who export the grain, yes, they will uh, uh, have less profit than before because、uh, this new logistic is more expensive, as、uh, by using railway transportation, as cars, as、uh, don't know. So that、uh, these people, this kind,、uh, this part of economy, will lose. Thousands have lost their jobs and homes. Others try and make the best of it, as several of Odessa's beaches have been reopened. People come to forget the horrors of the last 18 months. That was Ilab Dafit reporting. To recap the top stories. Chinese President Xi Jinping is in South Africa for the BRICS summit and a state visit to the country. Japan has announced plans to release nuclear wastewater into the ocean from Thursday, and U.S. President Joe Biden had surveyed the devastation on Maui after wildfires swept across the Hawaiian island. And that concludes this edition of the Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. 
For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.